Hello, everyone, and welcome to Expect Better in Real Estate, a podcast brought to you by Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate Prosperity in Rochester, New York. Questions about real estate? Stay tuned for everything you never knew you needed to know. Have a better experience, get a better deal, expect better, and let us work for you. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Expect Better in Real Estate. Today, we will be discussing why Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate, considering a career in real estate, and much more. Today, my guest is the one and only president and CEO of Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate Prosperity, Danielle Riley. How are we doing today, Danielle? I'm doing good. How are you? Awesome. So excited to have you here today because you're the reason I'm here today. And I'm, I'm really excited to talk about everything Better Homes and Gardens and uh, career in real estate. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Let's Let, dive in. Let's dive right into it. I'm ready. Let's talk about you. Who are you? How did we get here today? And what made you want to open up a brokerage? Well, uh, I've been selling real estate almost 12 years, and uh, I was in another brokerage for a long time. I, I didn't really wake up one day and say, I, I want to be a broker. Um, it was something that a couple people had mentioned to me, and I kind of laughed and said, you know, I'm too young. I've never run a business. I don't know what I'm doing. And Better Homes and Gardens approached me. They flew me down to their headquarters, and I just absolutely fell in love with what I saw. So let's dive in right into that. What did you love about it? Well, I mean, I think the biggest thing that, you know, most people have probably figured out by now is that's one thing I get questioned on a lot is they say better homes and gardens real estate. And the first question is always, you mean like the magazine? And I say, yeah, like the magazine. So uh, better homes and gardens real estate actually was in Rochester a long, long time ago, back in the 80s. And they had a very loose partnership with Meredith. Meredith is the corporation that runs better homes and gardens magazine. Um, so it was a very loose relationship. It was a, a basically a license to use the name, but that's pretty much where it went and it stopped there. Um, so the company actually folded, it converted to GMAC and a little over 10 and a half years ago, they sat down and, uh, you know, had a meeting on the minds and decided, let's take this brand, let's make it a partnership, but let's add more to it. So how can Meredith get involved with the marketing and the social media and the technology? Um, and, you know, a, a lot of that has to do with why I brought it here. Um, another big reason, there wasn't a Better Homes and Gardens here. That's, so That's usually it, a good reason to bring was, something in. Yeah, it was kind of a no brainer. You know, you look at some of the other brokerages and, you um, you know, everyone's got their niche, you know, people know different brokerages for different reasons. Um, but when they see our brand, they know that, you know, we're a brand that's been trusted inside the home for over 100 years. Um, it's a brand that's not only relevant during the course of you buying or selling real estate, but relevant 365 days a year. So we're not going to just help you, you know, put your house up for sale and, and get it sold. Of course, that's, you know, our main priority here. Uh, but we like to stay relevant, you know, and part of that is is the magazine. And, you know, we'll help you from everything from getting ready for Christmas to, you know, decorating for a birthday party right down to making sure you get the most amount of money for your house. I think that's the coolest part about it is the magazine end of it is amazing. I mean, how many great tips are you able to give your clients? And one of the other great feed features we have there is we do get the magazine for our clients for a very nice little price right away. Yeah. I usually am helping my clients get that for free and they're going to be watching, reading that on the toilet for the whole year and enjoying it. It's amazing. That's an image I didn't need, but thank you. <laughs> but that, that's, that's amazing. Isn't yeah. it? And there's some other cool things that I personally loved about it. One of them that I'd love you to talk about a little bit more is Pinpoint. 
Yeah, pinpoint's great. So one of the, and I'm not going to tell you all of my secrets, obviously, um, but I will tell you about one really cool tool that we that we have. And exclusively to exclusively us. Exclusively to us, obviously. Um, it's called Pinpoint, and that's exactly what the system does, is it pinpoints down to a target demographic. So most agents are going to come in, they're going to put your house up for sale, and they're going to send a just listed postcard to maybe everyone on your street and maybe everyone on the next two or three streets over. And that's fine and great and dandy, and it's a great way to get the word out there that your house is up for sale. But let's be realistic, people. 99.9% of people don't care about it. It's not relevant to them at that time. They've either just bought or they've just sold. Um, They already have a realtor. For whatever reason, it it just goes right in the trash. Now, what if I could tell you that we all know Big Brother's watching, our phones listen to us. It's no secret, right? So, of course, Meredith is a mass media company, has taken that and capitalized on it. So we're able to tell by people's online search activity, um, you know, what kind of ads they click on Facebook, things like that, we can actually pinpoint right down. And I have an entire system where I can order direct mail to to send to people that we know are currently looking to buy or sell. And, and I can take that even a step further and know not only are they ready to buy and sell, but I'm able to break that down into a target demographic. So let's say I have a condo, um, perfect for a first time home buyer that doesn't have kids. I'm going to go right into my system and select the category of single first-time homebuyer and send it specifically to them because I'm not going to send a one-bedroom, just-listed condo postcard to a family of five, obviously. It makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense, right? So now I've taken my marketing and my marketing dollars have been stretched further. So not only is that beneficial to the agent for getting the house sold, but more importantly, it's beneficial to the owner. Um, And I'm able to take those dollars that I didn't spend on those 99% of people that didn't care about about that mail and put it somewhere else, like a Facebook ad or, or whatever you have. So um, it's a really great tool. Obviously, it's exclusive to us. Um, the cool thing about Meredith is that they actually, um, probably about, I'd say, a year, year and a half ago, um, did a merger with Time Incorporated. And most people hear Time Incorporated, and maybe they know what it is. But if you don't, let me just tell you. So Time Incorporated is... Um, uh, Another mass media corporation that we are now a part of, or it's a part of us, however you want to slice it. Um, And they run some magazines that you may or may not have heard of. Time, you know, that one. People. Uh, in style, Fortune, Sports Illustrated. Um, so now with that acquisition, you know, a lot of people think that Better Homes and Gardens is a woman's brand. You know, it's a stay at home mom. She's reading what recipe to cook for dinner. It's and 2019, ma- people. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that also, you know. <laughs> um, but, you know, there is a little bit of truth to that. It's not going to be a ton of single men picking up our magazine and reading it. And now we have an entire new demographic of people. And what does that do for a system like Pinpoint? Well, it gives us a whole bunch more names. Um, so that that was obviously a huge move for uh, for Meredith and for us, um, you know. And then we have our our corporate backing as well. As a lot of people don't realize that Better Homes and Gardens real estate is actually owned by Realogy. Um, so Realogy is is the biggest real estate company in the world, um, and they own a couple of companies that you may have heard of: um, Coldwell Banker, Sotheby's, ERA. Around here, then it's known as Hunt. 
um, Century 21 and NRT. So it's the biggest conglomerate of real estate companies that exists. And with that, you know, it's great for me as a broker owner to know that I have that corporate backing, to know that there is hundreds of people that work in a building somewhere that are constantly working on, you know, how are we going to be, you know, have the most cutting edge technology? How are we going to have the best marketing? How are we going to stand out from the competition? Um, And that's a really, really, you know, securing feeling for me and for my clients, obviously. And that's and that's huge. And I, I can't stress enough out there how amazing it is to have the backing that we do. And someone who's been over in the company a year has noticed what they say they're going to do, they do. And what I find so unique with a couple of the uh, CRM platforms we have is they actually ask us questions. What can we do to improve this? They're asking the agents, the end user, who needs to utilize this. And I think that's amazing where they're not telling us what we need to know. We're telling them what we need to know. And they're actually, they're, they're getting it ready for us. I've sent stuff into the help desk and they're getting back to me in 24, 48 hours. Saying, oh, we're thinking about this, this, and this. Does this line up with your thoughts? And I find that to be amazing. Yeah. It's, it's great. It's, it makes, it streamlines everything. And we're able to keep in constant contact. We're able to know what our clients need and it's at a click of a button. Yeah, absolutely. And you have, you know, you have Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate and Meredith and Realogy, all three gigantic companies working for you. Um, And that's that's really awesome feeling. And, you know, I know when I step into a client's house or when any of my agents step into a client's house, they have the most complete toolbox of technology and tools and marketing and education and information at their fingertips, which, you know, in a competitive market that we're in right now. And, you know, it, even when the market flips, I mean, I remember the days of the subprime mortgage market crash when you had a listing that would sit on the market for two or three years and you would just continue to keep lowering the price and you weren't getting a single buyer walking into the house. And it's funny because as we sit here today, you know, you'll have 19 or 20 offers on the table. So I've seen the market in all of its forms and I know and I I can confidently say that this brand has the backing to get me through those periods. Another really cool thing about Better Homes and Gardens is we have different lines. Yeah. And I want you to touch base on it because you're an expert in it and I'm still learning it as I go and it gets me really excited that we're not just catering to one market here. There is different markets within markets. Yeah. And we need to be able to cater to that. So would you be able to speak to that a little bit more in depth of what I'm even talking about here? So what you're referring to is our different branding tiers that we have. Um, And it's really cool. So I'm sure most of you have seen our awesome green and white signs. That's our standard branding. So that's what most of the agents are using. Um, but you know, if we have a specialty type of property, which we definitely have some, some of those around here in greater Rochester area, um, we have a different set of basically marketing and branding for that type of a house. So the different branding tiers, uh, first off and foremost, I'd say that one of the best ones for us to use around here is the waterfront collection. Uh, we have the distinctive collection, which is going to be your high end stuff. And the cool thing about the distinctive collection is that corporate actually has a digital magazine of all of the distinctive collection listings that come comes out periodically. Um, all of the distinctive collection listings, they all are also fed into the Rob Report, Wall Street Journal and Jewy.com, which is uh, Asian uh, website that's actually been a really good moneymaker for our company. Um, and we have, all right, so we have the Waterfront Distinctive Collection. I don't want to forget them here. Ranch and Resort, you know, not super applicable around here. Obviously, we don't live in Texas, but there are some horse farms around that I think could be useful for that. 
Uh, we have urban properties, which is going to be your trendy city neighborhoods, Park Avenue, um, places like that. And then commercial division, obviously. And I think that's, uh, it. that's it. Yeah. 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 So uh, no matter what type of a property you have, you know, we, we don't necessarily have to fit it into one of those boxes if you want to just put your house up for sale especially in this market you just have to put your house up for sale right now to basically sell it you don't have to do much more um but i think that you know if, if it's something that interests you if you have a waterfront property or something that you know is is in the high end and you want it fed to the wall street journal where the you know where the money is basically um it's definitely something that we can discuss with you and of course with each of those branding tiers comes its own set of marketing so you're going to get your own set of specific flyers and and, um, you know, open house sign-in sheets and, and you name it, we have it to fit to fit your needs. And you brought up a very important point there is houses are selling quick, but I actually would caution people. I've heard a lot of people, oh, I'm going to sell it myself. I'm going to sell it myself. The nice part about having all these offers available is we are able to help you actually pick the best one. We are actually able to walk you through this. And this is why an agent actually, I, I think, is more vital in this market. Because oh, absolutely. we're going to actually be able to help you get more money, walk you through all the offers, actually explain to you what the offers mean. And more so than ever, you need a real experienced agent who knows what they're doing or has an amazing mentor that's not going to let them misstep along the way, which I think is one of our other greatest strengths, is we have a core great group of people at our office that have probably over 100 years of experience when you really add it all up. Yeah. And they're in the office. They're helping these newer agents and, and doing it out of the kindness of their heart because there's enough business for all of us. And yeah. I think that's what I really love about this family that we have over here is we're all willing to help. Yeah. I have accountability meetings every Wednesday with a couple of agents at our office, even if it's just to talk about how bad of a week we've had. Yeah. No, and, and in real estate, it. that happens. I mean, <laughs> it it's a roller coaster. More often than not, it's a yeah. roller coaster yeah. ride in real estate. You could go sell a million dollars one week and then go another month without selling anything. Well, and you need that team there to just say, you know what, just keep going, keep going, yeah. keep going, keep going. Because I think that's why a lot of agents leave the business. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's you hit it right on the head. And talk about an emotional roller coaster. You know, regardless of what my sales are, you know, if I'm having a good week or a bad week, if I made no deals or if I made five deals, I'm on this emotional roller coaster with my clients. So if they're going through a divorce, I'm going through a divorce. If they're getting married, I'm getting married. And I and, and you I see the smile on your face Justin because you know it's true because <laughs> I've had so many like I had a client that just sold their house for him actually, but when they bought their house, they closed on an, on a Friday and got married on Saturday. And I'm looking at them going, "You're nuts." Like, you know, talk about the two biggest things you'll ever do, get married and buy a house. So, you know, it is it is nice for us to kind of have those people in the office, you know, to bounce ideas off of, to vent to, to cry to. I've called you a number of times crying because I'm just like, I can't, you know, we're all humans. We all have our good days and we all have our bad days. And I think a lot of our job is, you know, it's important for us to communicate with our clients and, and guide them in the best direction of what they should do financially and what's the best move legally and, and all of that good stuff. But when all is said and done at the end of the day, you're really there as a friend and you, you don't even realize that until so all of a sudden the deal closes and you're not talking to them every day anymore. And you're like, oh, I miss my friend, you know? So we really do. We get entangled in their lives. We know every single day we're out showing them houses. We're working with them. We know what the latest, you know, so-and-so did on her math test. And, you know, did the dog go, you know, get his new medication? You know, you know everything about these people and, and vice versa. And to speak to that, it's the most amazing feeling as an ordained minister. Last year alone, because of those relationships I built with my clients, I married four of them. Yeah. What amazing way, not only to help someone that you helped and vice versa there, but what a great feeling. 
Well, you did such a great job yeah. by helping them with the biggest investment of their life that they were so they're like, well, you marry people. too? <laughs> Wait, will you do that for us? Yeah, that's it's just most rewarding feeling in the world. And I think that kind of can segue us into a career in real estate. Well, that's exactly it, what I was going to bring up it, next is to, to your point. Terry. So Terry Wilfield in my office was the third person that I ever sold a house to. So I met her about 10 years ago, 11 years ago, I'd say, um, sold her a house and we just became the best of friends. We were both actually buying our first houses at the same exact time. So we became friends. And over the years, I was at her kids' birthday parties and I was there through all the ups and the downs of her life and vice versa. And now here she is two years in the business. She's been working as one of the, and she's one of the top agents in my office. She's a rookie of the year. and got sales master this year. Exactly. So, you know, and talk about how something comes full circle like that, where someone, she was just a random person that I had never met before. Um, It was a personal referral, a friend of a friend. Um, You know, we became friends. She'll be a bridesmaid in my wedding someday. You know, I mean, and that's... And and I'll be marrying you. Oh, geez. (laughs) That's going to be an interesting wedding. It will be the most interesting wedding you've ever experienced if I am the one ordained minister marrying you trust me okay well let's find me a husband first husband one thing at a time so okay. <laughs> let's jump into this because everybody at one point at least most people i know has asked have has come up to me and said justin a career in real estate what does that take what does that mean what is bhgre going to do for me and and there's some really interesting answers to that and i'll let you start why why did you get into real estate and what do you think makes a successful agent Well, I am a second generation realtor, so I was blessed to uh, be born uh, to a family, aka my father, Sam, uh, who was a realtor. And, you know, he took me on my first appointment at the age of two. And I remember throughout high school, I would help him a little bit with open houses here and there. You know, I had I had a car, so I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll do an open house because I could drive there. Um, but he would always kind of jokingly say, oh, your name would look so great on a sign. And I would get so mad at him. No, I'm not doing that. I don't want to sell real estate. You know, I watched his crazy, chaotic life, you know, not always being home for dinner or not being able to do things on the weekends. And I'm like, no, thanks. That's not what I want to do. And it really wasn't. So um, when I was in college, he was like, look, just get your life license. You know, I was waiting tables and not making very much money. And he's like, just get your license on spring break and you can kind of be my licensed assistant for the next two years until you graduate. So I said, okay, fine. Well, of course, you know, I made my first couple of deals. I saw the money. Um, My second deal was very emotional for me. It was a family that was adopting five children. Um, Their mother was a, a very severe drug addict and alcoholic. Um, and they had to buy a house so that they could take the purchase offer to a judge in the custody hearing and get custody of these five kids so that these kids would be safe and protected. And I knew right then, I mean, I was only 19 years old. I was a little wise beyond my years, I guess. But I knew right then that this was bigger than just selling real estate. And the paycheck. The paycheck, yeah, because I, I took my first commission check and I bought an iPhone the week it came out, which was in 2007, you know? Um, but really that bigger picture of knowing that you're helping somebody, a family or even a person through the biggest, one of the biggest moments in their life and it's not just because they're buying, but it's usually the reason that they're buying or the reason that they're selling. It's always attached to something bigger and that can be a good thing and that can be a bad thing, but they need somebody that they can have confidence in. So, um, you know, I, I'm not really your case study when it comes to why I got into real estate because it 
you know, was something that I walked into as a part-time job, not really expecting it 12 years later, here I am, you know, running a brokerage. Um, But I think, you know, the biggest piece of advice I can give to people if they're looking to potentially get started in real estate is number one, if you know any realtors um, that you're friends with, and it doesn't matter if they're new or if they've been doing it 20 years, reach out to them, ask them, because nine out of 10 realtors are going to be completely honest with you and say that this business is hard. It is not for the faint of heart. You have to have thick skin. I remember my first deal died and I was just crying and I was crying and I was crying and I couldn't stop crying and it wasn't the money. It wasn't that. It was just more of not being able to finish something that I started, not being able to put that deal together for my client um, and realizing in that moment, you know, how hard it can be. A lot of this stuff that we do is is completely out of our control. You know, there's over 160 people involved in every single real estate transaction, and we rely on all of them to do their jobs and do them correctly. Um, so I think that the first thing that you need to know first and form- foremost is how hard it can be. Um, second of all, you got to have some money. If you don't have some money saved up, you're not going to get very far. You got to figure that you, let's just say you get your license, you take your 75-hour course, you pass the test, and you get your license, right? Now, all that probably takes a few months mm-hmm. at the very least oh, if yeah. you speed through it um, with the DOS and waiting for the license and the application and all of that. So let's say that you, you, you know, you sell a house on day one, day one, let's just right? say it's day one. It's day one that you got your license. Good for you. It'll never happen, but I hope it does. Um, you're not looking at your first paycheck for two and a half months, at least from that date. So you don't get paid when the purchase offer gets accepted. You don't get paid when we get mortgage commitment. You get paid after it closes, after it's recorded, after the proceeds get sent to the seller, then the money gets dispersed. So you you know, you can't just sell your first house and wait two and a half months for a paycheck and then go out and say, okay, I'm going to go sell another one. Now you have to do something in those two and a half months. And that's best case scenario. Um, I think the national average is that most agents don't sell their first house for eight to nine months after they're licensed. So my second piece of advice would be save up as much money as you can. You know, if you're, if you're married to somebody that's got consistent income, good for you. If you're single and you're doing it on your own, I would have a good size. Months. Yeah, I'd have at least six months. Six of months reserves. worth of expenses, a good size nest egg. You know, um, you're gonna have to spend in this business. You have to spend money to make money. Um, and the cool thing about now, as opposed to when I started, is you can spend a lot less money to make the same amount of money with Facebook ads and technology that we have. Um, but you still have to get your name out there. You can't just post on your personal Facebook you know, page to 500 people and say, got my license and expect to be a multi-million dollar producer from that. You have to spend the marketing. Especially dollars. since friends and family sometimes can be the hardest to work with and they sometimes forget about you. Well, <laughs> not even that they forget about you, but they're the first to know that you just got licensed. So, you know, if I'm making the biggest purchase of my life, do I really want to hire my cousin just because he just got his license two weeks ago? Probably not. Um, you know, and then there's been times where my family hasn't hired me and it turns out, you know, they were in a sticky financial situation situation they were embarrassed about. So, you know, you can't just because you know somebody that's in the market doesn't mean that they're going to use you. In fact, that's going to be one of the hardest lessons you learn is when you find out someone that you're really close to uses someone else, um, but you bounce back from it. So I think that's really important to make sure you have that money saved up to get your name out there. I agree with that. But I think the biggest thing is the persistence. 
because you're going to have a roller coaster ride. There's nobody that gets in this business and every deal is different, first of all. So once you complete your first successful transaction, you're like, oh, I'm an expert. I know everything. No, every deal has these little differences in it. And it's about being willing to educate yourself, getting out there, getting the right team behind you. And I think that's my segue for me that I'm going to throw myself in here because (laughs) I've worked in this business five years now. I got my license in college just because. It was about to expire. I walked up to my boss and I said, here's my one month notice. I'm going to go sell houses. Started with the first, I was on a big team. It was not for me to be on a team. That's nothing against teams. I think teams are amazing. It was not a good fit for me. So that's the first thing is finding the right fit. I then went to another company that I was promised a whole bunch of things and it was amazing at the beginning, but I didn't see honeymoon. the honeymoon. That's what it was a honeymoon it. period. Honeymoon. And the growth potential just wasn't there for what I say. And then I met you and I remember being guilted because I canceled an appointment on you and you're like, you're going to meet with me someday. And I said, nah, I'm good right now. And then I actually sat down with you and I told you what I wanted. And, I, and you told me some of the things weren't going to happen. Yeah. And you also told me some of the things that were going to take, I'll get you there, but you have to do this, 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 and this. And everything you've promised, I'm here because of that. We're doing a we're doing a podcast because I said my biggest thing was technology. Yeah. I said, how can we get out there? How can we be relevant? How can we be this? How can we be fresh? And you, you came up to me and we said, oh, after some group con- collaboration here, and you're like, we all said podcast. Podcast. And, and we Just had a like great marketing too. lady, a <laughs> marketing girl, and she's like, I got the guy. Yeah. So shout out to Rockbox for that one as well because they're the reason we're also here today and they've been amazing to us. Absolutely. But this company is honest. And I think that's the biggest thing I always come back for because I can go to any agent in Rochester and say, look, I've been told we've all been get, got the recruiting calls. We've yeah. all gotten this. We've all gotten that. And they give you a, a bill of goods. You gave me a bill of goods and then lived up to every single one of those. So I thank you for that on You're many welcome. levels. I think that is the biggest reason for me that Better Homes and Gardens works. Yeah, it, it is. And that's really what works for me. And I'm not going to sit here and toot our horn even more. No. But you know what? It's not for everybody. No, it's not. I always explain this to people is we are, for the most part, a bunch of individual agents who share best practices for everybody's success. Yeah. We're like a team of individuals, all rooting for each other. Um, Absolutely. When someone does something great, go, great job today. And that's what I love about it. And that's what I'm so happy about. And I think that's where a lot of people lose focus. Well, and, you know, what you're describing is, is what us brokers call culture. So that's a big thing for me. You know, you've you've dropped the word a few times now, family. Um, you know, obviously, I'm a second generation realtor, so I've always been around family in this business, which means that I've always walked into work and felt like it was Sunday dinner. And that's really how I've built my office, and I will continue to build my office. And I'll just say, you know, if you're the type of agent that only cares about how much volume you're doing or how many units you've sold or how many awards you're going to win or how great you are, don't call me. I don't, I don't want you to work for me because you won't fit in because we're a fun loving group of people we'll 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 have a blast we'll sing songs we'll have dance parties but at the end of the day um all of us are working towards one goal and it's not a financial goal i mean we all have our financial goals we all have to pay our bills and put food on the table obviously that's important but that one goal at the end of the day is bringing the highest level of customer service to Rochester. And that's exactly why I started this brokerage. And that's why I'll continue to run the brokerage the way I do is because it doesn't matter how much 
real estate you sell, it matters how are you treating people. You know, of course, referrals are important in this business, but you need to be able to look yourself in the mirror at the end of the night and say that you didn't sell somebody a house with a bad foundation and not tell them. Or, you know, you're not going to cover up a material defect just to make a quick sell. That's not what we do. We follow a code of ethics and we should stick with it. You know, Or the big one is they're pre-approved for $200,000, but everything you've spoken to them says they should be buying a $120,000 house. Tell them that. Tell them that. Tell them, hey, this keeps you within your budget. Because, yeah, we get paid more based on the price of the house more than likely. But guess what? That's not my ultimate goal. I'll sell you a $40,000 house if that sets you up for success. Well, yeah. I mean, if I sell you a $200,000 house and you can only afford $100,000, you're going to be calling me in like six months going, I can't afford my mortgage payment. I need to sell. At this point, you're totally upside down on it because you can't just turn around and sell a house six months later when you went out and got a mortgage with closing costs. And I always say that to my clients. You know, I'm working with people right now. Um, You know, if they looked at a house that was right across the street from a church, Great. Perfect. Quiet neighbors, you know, low, you know, you think maybe, okay, there's gonna be low crime rate or there's going to be people around. There won't be any issues. Okay. Well, I said to him, look, this might work for you, but the question is, is it going to work for the next people? Because I'm okay with whatever house you want to buy. My job is to come in and tell you what the resale potential is. And if I don't make a sale because of that, then good, because that means I'm not going to have to have that conversation with you in five years when I have to put your house up for sale and your every single piece of feedback I get is, well, it's across the street from a church. They're going to say, well, why didn't you have this discussion with us? I'm going to say, we did, you know? Um, so I'd rather be honest. And, and you're looking towards the future here. You're well, not yeah. looking for that day because that may be the best house for them. But if they're like, we're living here five to seven years. Yeah. And then the, you know that house where it's located isn't going to sell. Hey, you love this house. Great. Yeah. I need to tell you this, though. Not that it won't sell, but it's no, just going to make it that much harder. In five to seven years, I want you to like me. Yeah. And I want you to be able to I want to be able to sell your house and know that you actually got return on your investment because that's the point of buying a house to some extent, too. Yeah, absolutely. It's, a, it's an investment. Yeah. And we need to look at that. Exactly. So I, I think that's a great way to end. I mean, if you guys have questions on careers in real estate, careers about our company, please feel free to reach out to either of us. We're both very, very excited about what we have to come this year in 2019. And, and we both like to talk. And we love to talk. So that's <laughs> always a great thing. So on that note, I want to thank you, Danielle, for being here today for this podcast and everything that we do and continue to do. And thank you, Justin. And you've been doing a great job hosting this. And I honestly don't think I could have picked a better person. <laughs> <laughs> and I really appreciate that. And on that note, I'm Justin Brosnan. And as always, I'm keeping the real in real estate. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Expect Better in Real Estate with your host, Justin Brosman. Do you have questions or want to just tell us how awesome we've done? Connect with us on our social media channels, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at BHGRE Prosperity.